What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. I remember the very first time Ann and I drove from Liberty to Charleston, West Virginia. And I remember going down the turnpike, going into Charleston and passing some of the largest mountains I had ever seen in my life. And I remember sitting there going, there is no way I could ever climb that mountain. Well, today in episode 186 of the Lynchwood Leader podcast, we sit down with longtime Belfry High School football coach, Philip Haywood, to talk about what it means to climb the mountain in his brand new book. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it is my honor to be on this leadership journey with you as we're all seeking to be the leaders that we were created to be in the spaces and places that God has put us. Man, I'm so glad you joined us today. We are in for a special, special episode. And I just can't tell you, thank you enough for tuning in each and every episode to hear the amazing leaders who are out there just like you trying to figure this thing out and trying to live with their faith out in front. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen and leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find their way to us. Well, a few years ago, my good friend Marlon connected me with a legendary high school football coach in Kentucky named Coach Philip Haywood. Well, recently I found out Coach Haywood reached out to me last summer to let me know he had a brand new book coming out called Climbing the Mountain that gives a snapshot into his coaching philosophy and what he has done over 48 seasons of leading young men in the game of football. He's amassed 472 wins. He has a ton of state championships. But even more than that are the principles that he has learned over these years because those young men all know what a mountain means. They're surrounded by mountains. And when he says we're going to climb the mountain each year, it means something to those boys. Well, you as a leader, you're climbing a mountain too. Today's going to be encouraging. Today's going to be inspiring. And today is going to be one that's going to make you want to stay on the mountain that you're on and get to the top. So I don't know where you're listening from today, but I want you to pull up a chair and I want you to listen in to my conversation with Coach Philip Haywood. Coach Haywood, it is such an honor to have you back on the Lynch with the Leader podcast. Well, I'm glad to be here, Mike. It's uh, It seems like, I don't know, two two three years ago when we did the first one, and it was a great pleasure to be with you. And, and I had a lot of people that have talked to me about that podcast. You know, just they would call in, even people here uh, from other places say, hey, I caught that podcast. And they really enjoyed uh, you and, and I guess some of my answers uh, because they called in to say a few words about it. But uh, yeah, I had a great time with it. I was, I was I was a blessed during the podcast. Well, you are so kind and I am so 
excited. Here you are. You're entering year 49 as a head coach. When you started, did you ever dream you would be in it this long? Was that even a thought? It wasn't a thought. It was just something that I knew I wanted to do, hmm. uh, had a passion for it. And of course, as, as we've talked before, that passion kind of grew into purpose. That's right. And at some point, you just get lost in that purpose and it becomes something very special to you. And and, and then the years just start going by. And the next thing you know, you've done, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And you say, man, I've been doing this a long time. And you look back and you say, well, but what else would I do? Mm. And and though I have some other interests and and things that, uh, you know, I'm branching out, I guess, a little bit, trying to speak a little bit more, maybe train uh, with some of the things that I've learned through coaching. Uh, this is this is my vehicle. This is my purpose in life. This is where I think I'm going to reach people because I understand it. I understand what coaches do. I understand players. I understand parents. You know, they're, they're, everybody says they're different today uh, to a certain extent, yes, but not that much. Mm. You know, I think the same desires, same needs and so forth are there. But, yeah, doing it this long, uh, when I first started, I just wanted to get out and play that next game. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about 40 or 50 years down the road. <laughs> that is amazing. It really is amazing. You've got a sign that hangs in your weight room. If you see a man at the, on the top of a mountain, chances are he didn't get he didn't like there. He had to climb. There's a reason that hangs there. What does that quote say to you? And it really drove really a lot of the purpose and passion behind this new book. Talk to me about that quote that hangs there. Yes, it, it really says a lot to me, and it says a lot to our team. We're we're always talking with our kids about. You know, you got to climb the mountain, and we live in the mountains of eastern Kentucky. And 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 as I said in the preface, that uh, you know they may not be as, as large a mountain range or as steep as the uh, Smokies or, or the peaks of the Rockies or that type of thing, uh, but they're plenty steep. You try to climb one, you're going to be out of breath in about five minutes because they're almost straight up and down. And and we we played in them. We grew grew up in them. And now we may not hike quite as much as we used to. Four wheelers are a little more common, but people still understand these hills. And they understand that to start at the bottom, to get to the top, it's tough. I mean, you just don't get there. You don't land on top of the mountain. I, I'm sure you could take a plane, somebody could drop you off, but you can't find a landing strip here hardly. I mean, it's there's just no not that much flat land. So when you when we start talking, especially in, in our area, but I think it's also true in other places that when you climb a mountain, you're in for a journey. You're not in for a one quick fix thing to get there. You're going to slip. You're going to slide. You're going to fall down. You're going to get bumps and bruises. Things are going to happen along the way. And the only way you get to the top is to fight through the adversity, to be persistent and get get yourself in a mindset that it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But somewhere out there, if I just keep climbing, eventually I can get to the top. Mm. Do you think that's where the instant culture we live in really works against us, that we we just want to get there fast and get there quick? Do you see that as a reason a lot of people just don't last on the mountain? Absolutely. Yeah, we've got a as you said, instant microwave kind of culture. Uh, we we want it, and we want it fast. And if we can't get it fast, well, let's go jump and do something else. 
But there's still a lot to be said for those people, whether it's in athletics or business or entrepreneurs, who just get in there and keep swinging every day. Uh, I like to use the analogy of uh, Michael Jordan. And, you know, he, he, everyone knows who he is. And we all know the game-winning shots that he took. But he also says, how many did I miss? That's you know, right. I had to keep shooting. And he kept shooting. And eventually, you know, he made those shots. Mm -hmm. He didn't let that deter him from achieving his goal, which ultimately was a championship. You know, Babe Ruth was the same kind of guy. Uh, he kept swinging. Mm -hmm. People don't remember how many times he struck out. But he kept swinging. And, of course, you know, he was the all-time home run champion for many, many years yep. and still looked on, I guess, in his era as the all-time champion. But he struck out a bunch of times. That's but right. you don't do that unless you keep swinging. And and the principle's the same. you got to keep climbing. You just don't give up because you, you fail. You don't give up because you fall down. You don't give up because something happens in your life. And the culture in our society today says, go home. Uh, mm. try something different, uh, try a new spouse, try, try anything. If it's tough, get out of it. And what I've always believed, and one of the things that I really like about athletics and especially football is that when you get knocked down, you got to get back up. Mm, that's and right. One thing about this sport is you are going to get knocked down. Mm. That's a part of it. And when you learn to get back up and realize that you're not injured, and that you got to get over your ego and you, and you start playing for something that's a little bit bigger than you, then you have a chance not only to climb a mountain to go on a journey, but you're going to do it not just with yourself, but you're going to do it with a group of other people. Hmm. And I've always believed leaders, when uh, true leaders, don't just climb the mountain and get up on top by themselves. They bring other people with them. That's and that's right. what leadership is about. You know, you look and you sit there, you've 472 wins in 48 seasons. How many state championships have you won now? Eight. Eight state championships. How many years were you in coaching as a head coach before you won your first state championship? I think about 29. During that time, were there, were there some seasons you went, I don't know if I want to stay on this mountain. I don't know if what I'm doing is working. How are you feeling about year 27 when you're like, all right, my tenure, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a little long in the tooth here to, to earn yeah. what I want to uh, ultimately achieve. How was, how was the climb for you during, during that time? Well, you've got to keep things in perspective. Uh, and, and that's difficult to do, especially in the coaching world, because, uh, there are certain expectations. You know, you're supposed to win some games. You're supposed to have some success. You know, you got to keep your job, so to speak. But but there's more to it than that. And I, and by keeping things in perspective, you know, you talk about making a difference in kids' lives. Are you teaching them the right things? Are they learning values? Are they being able to carry that over into their adult lives? And if you're doing those things, that's the that's the big picture. But then the other picture is your own personal goals, your own personal drive, uh, the things that you want your team to achieve, and and you get close. And we got close so many times. Uh, my my first, uh, not my first year, but my second and third year at Belfry, we were in the state championship game. I said, man, we're we're, we're rolling now. And I didn't know that it was going to be another seventeen years before we were in another championship game. And once we got back, 
it was like we kind of knew knew what to do. Yeah, you know, we yeah. won that one. It was in overtime, and we didn't play all that well, but but we did what we needed to do to win it. But during that stretch, I was thinking, is is this going to, like you said, is it going to happen? And and what do I need to do to get better? And that gets into improvement. But there's nights I went home with these end of season losses. You lose in overtime. You lose uh, by one point. All the things that can almost get you there. And there was a couple of three years there where we lost maybe in the semifinals, and the team that we lost to by a point or one of those just edge of your seat games went on and won by thirty points in the state championship game. And those things kind of stick with you. Yep. And you say, man, how many more of these can I go through? Are we ever going to be able to pull this through? So you got to balance that that feeling of failure, the feeling that you're always coming up short with the, the greater good, you might say, of, of what coaching really is. And coaching is being able to continue to to climb the mountain, to mm-hmm. keep to keep taking a group every year from the bottom and you go as far as you can with them, with the abilities that you have. That's what God wants us to do, to to get the best of our of the abilities that He's given us. And if we can do that, that that's what success is. The right. championships are really nice. There's no doubt about that. That means that you've truly put it on paper. You know, you've taken the abilities, the best that you can do, and and you've executed well enough with the talents that you've been given to culminate a state championship but there's a balance and there's been days nights especially end of years that uh i walked out of this hall that i live in and said i can't do this anymore you know (laughs) i can't i cannot imagine how many uh trips up into the holler you're thinking i i don't know if i'm coming back out tomorrow morning or not but you did I i think we all have conversations with the lord about things like that and that's right and he's, uh, I walk out doing the talking and kind of arguing and I, you know, can't do it. And by the time I'm walking back, you know, there's tears in my eyes and saying, I've kind of come around and I'll be saying, I'll do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And that's coach football. That's so good. Well, what I love about this, and I want to unpack a couple of the chapters in the book, I'm imagining we're standing at the base of the mountain coach and my wife's from Charleston, West Virginia. So I'm familiar with the, with the mountains of that region for our drives up to uh, West Virginia when she was living up, when her folks still lived up that way. I can imagine us standing at the bottom with some young coaches, some young leaders and you turning to them going, all right, we're starting this hike. And the first thing you guys have got to get is vision. And I don't care if it's a business. I don't care if it's a sports team. Vision matters. Why is vision so critical to the work you're going to do climbing that mountain? Well, I'm going to sum this up in a quote that I heard somewhere along the line. But you you got to see the invisible before you can do the impossible. I'll say that again in case somebody misses this. You have to see the invisible before you can ever do the impossible. And to me, that that sums up what you just asked me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's steps to vision. There's things, there's a process to, to improving your vision, to finding how to go about your vision. But yeah, you, you got to see it. You got to see what you want before you can ever reach what you want. Mm-hmm. And your vision 
Yeah, it comes from your mental aspect, but I think it's a lot deeper than that because I think within each one of us, there's a seed and it's real small and it's put there by our creator and it's put there long before we ever know what the word vision means, maybe before we can ever see that vision, that that it's going to be our guide to our life. And when that vision comes to fruition, when it comes to the point where we start to see the plane and the area that we are supposed to go in in life, then we kind of come on the same plane as the original idea that was placed in us from the very beginning. Mm. That Yeah, these are your talents. These are your abilities. Now, what's this vision that you have? What, what's this stuff out here that you can really go and grab? Then you start putting the pieces together to the vision. But I've always thought the vision comes first. And I think the first part of it is being able to recognize that, to be able to uh, I talk about this later in the book about thinking big, thinking yeah. big thoughts, because those thoughts start from inside. And they all start with that vision of, of who you are, who you can become what you were designed to do. I think, I think vision's huge. I, you know, I, I've given talks on this in the past and, yep. you know, I can, I can spend an hour talking about vision, but I think it's so important to understand not just having a dream, but where, where the essence of that dream comes from. It's bigger than we are. That's it, exactly it right. And, and you talk about it. You talk about it in there about paying the price. What, what does the price look like that you have to pay to have a vision and help execute that vision? Well, it's interesting. You, you mentioned paying the price, and that, that is definitely one of the points that you have to do, that you have to pay the price. And and I was having lunch uh, with a couple of gentlemen today, and, and one of them mentioned that very fact is that if you're going to be successful, you have to pay a price. Mm. And you mentioned our society today Many people wanting to jump from one thing to another. If I don't have success here, well, I'll just go try here. You know, the, the thing is, to have success, there's always a price to pay. When you climb the ladder of success, you got to give up some things. That's right. And it doesn't matter what profession you're in. You have to give up to go up. Mm. And that's part of some of the issues that we run into, I think, in society that everybody wants this quick fix and and they want they want everything and it doesn't work that way you got to give up some things you you don't get it all that's right I'd like to, we'd like to think we do but you just don't get it all so you got to choose the best things the most important things and then you're going to have to sacrifice some other things but you do you know sacrifice comes in a lot of forms sometimes it's with your time especially with coaching. Coaches give up a lot of time. Yep. You give up, Mike, a, a lot of your time with your family just to be able to be in ministry, to be able to do the things that you do, because sometimes that's going to call you first yep. and you say, I got to go. I've got to right. do what I have to do. Coaches do the same thing. A kid needs a ride home. Um, I got a call. This is not unusual for coaches. I got a call from a one of our store owners and said, I got a kid down here who says he needs a ride home. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> mind taking him, but I don't want to make sure he's one of your players. And I said, you know, you don't want to take him home. Uh, he, he's, he's, he lives pretty far out. I said, I'll be right there. 
But uh, that wasn't my plan for the afternoon. That's right. But you give up your time. And so, you know, I had to leave to do that. Any of my coaches would do that. Any of the coaches listening on this podcast would do that. So it's not uncommon what we would do for them in those circumstances. And I think that's true in any profession. But you, you kind of got to know, you know, what you give up mm. to, for success. And and so success, again, we, my definition is doing the best you can do with the abilities that God gives you. It's not about dollars and cents. It's not about victories. It's not about championships. It's about making a difference in people's lives. So if you if you help a kid get home, you get them a ride home. Well, that's that's our duty. That's that's our calling is to help other people. So we got to be careful to with our vision and are paying the price that we got to pay the price for the right things. Mm. And that's where we, we, we have to really understand what vision is and where it truly comes from and keep things in perspective, keep our priorities straight. What, what have you had to grow in most in that area? Cause I think every young coach, every young leader starts out, they would say, Oh, I've got a great vision for what I want to do. What's been the area that God's really had to stretch you, Coach, when it comes into the vision area? I don't know. He had to stretch me in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of us many times with our vision and, and our dream, there, there's a couple of parts to this. Number one, I think sometimes we don't think big enough. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't aim high enough. I think we've got a great big God and he wants us to think big, dream big, because he's, he's that big that he can accommodate our dreams. But I think the second part of this, and kind of back to your question is, is sometimes we, we get too much with the, uh, I guess the worldly kind of dream, you know, about the wins, the championships, the money, uh, the prestige that 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 we look at that as our dream, and our dream needs to be bigger than that. Mm. And I think that's what maybe God really has opened my eyes to. And I was fortunate uh, as a young coach that um, there, there I had some things that happened to me as a young coach that helped me see the real importance of coaching about making a difference in kids' life. I've always had a pretty good understanding of that. But, uh, you know, I had an injury to a player, and and it really opened my eyes that, hey, if you're going to do this, this has to be bigger than just going out and winning a game because this is you're, – you're talking about serious stuff here uh, when you talk about kids having injuries and, and lives and things like that. And and all coaches go, go through similar circumstances. You know, yeah. you're going to have um, issues with families, illnesses, even deaths in families, and, and we have to do, go through those things. So – we we gotta say what what really is your vision? Is it is it really just to win a championship? Is that is that your dream? Well, yes, that can be a part of it. But I think the bigger vision is what do your kids learn while they're fulfilling that vision? But better yet, what do they learn if they don't get that part of it? That's what right. do they learn when you get knocked out of the playoffs in the first round or you have a very mediocre season? And I've always felt like, and I've said this publicly on numerous occasions, there are a lot of great coaches that have great seasons and do just as much as maybe I've done in a championship year. Mm. They've gone five and six. 
That's right. But their kids learn great lessons and values about life. And they're going to carry those forward 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And the record is not going to make that much difference when they're 40 years old. That's exactly right. And I love that, Coach, because the culmination, we all have something we're stretching for and shooting for. That's great. But the success and the, the real journey is the climb. It's what happens day by day. And that's what your chapter, your next chapter is getting a little bit better each day. So as you are, as you are turning, as we're climbing up this mountain together, we've got these young leaders around us and you're talking to them about getting a little bit better each day. What does that look like for you? You're in year 49 as a head coach. You surely have learned all there is to learn about being a leader, being a coach. How do you continue to get a little better each day? Well, Mike, I guess the best way to put that is that you never get there. That's right. You never get there. And if every day you'll take a step up the mountain, it kind of keeps you from getting to the point that you've arrived. Mm. And if you ever do get to the top, find you another mountain. That's the best I can say. <laughs> find you another mountain to climb because, I love it. because, I love because it. you got to keep going. But yeah, that's what it's kind of looked like in my life. I've never thought me personally that I've, I've had great uh, creative skills in the game or come up with all these imaginative things that your other coaches do. I just think I've been pretty persistent mm-hmm. and I've tried to do the little things right. And do them every day and try to take a team at the beginning of the year and just really emphasize those little things, which is one of the chapters too, the little things and, and do them better every day. And we just had a week of practice where I wasn't real pleased with our progress and kind of got after our guys a little bit one evening. And we talked about getting better each day and, and being able to compete and you can't get better sitting on your duff. You can't right. get better going through the motions. I mean, getting better each day is really difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because you have to do it with great intentionality. And to do it in, in an individual's life, and, and you ask about me personally, some of the things that I try to do, uh, I, I think there's four or five areas in our life we have to look at. You know, we we look at our health. We look at our relationships, our uh, spirituality, our faith, uh, our career, you know, our different skills. So uh, we, we've got to be aware of all of these areas of our life, and we have to address those. We can't just look at one area and let the others go because, you know, that, I don't know how many I laid out there, but 20% is not going to get you very far. That's you right. know, address each one to be the complete person that we were created to be. So if if I can spend a little time each day from a spiritual standpoint, and I try to read my Bible in the morning before I go to work, uh, it might not be much, but it's going to be a little bit. Spend a little time with the Lord. Let them keep my relationship strong there. If I can spend a little time at night before I go to bed, maybe reading a, a leadership book or a manual or personal growth book, something to help develop me as a person, then I think I'm going to be able to pass that on to our kids. And at some point during the day, uh, you know, maybe I can put on one of these videos or talk with one of my coaches about a technique or a scheme, learn some about my profession, my skill, 
and every day do something like that. Because I'm a big believer that if you can pour something into your life every day, good things in your life every day on a daily basis, and you think about this, 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, doesn't sound like much, but 10 minutes a day, five days a week, 50 weeks a year, you can take off for Thanksgiving, Christmas, have a little vacation there. <laughs> that adds up to 43-hour work week. Mm, mm. And I b really believe that if you could do that, I think that can make a big difference in your life. Yep. I and that's intentional. You. It won't just happen. You have to literally sit down and say, here's what I'm going to do with that 10 minutes. Mm. And you might do three things on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and three things on, you know, two things on Tuesday and Thursday. And you and then you gradually do that. But you start doing that. Now, think about this. What if you did that for 10 years? Mm. What if you did it for 20 minutes a day for 10 years? You, you're going to be a different person. You'll be changed, part of it because of the self-discipline, part of it because of the intentionality, but a big part of it is because of the things that you're pouring into you. You're going to grow as a person. When you grow as a person, everything else is going to grow around you. And that's that's what that's what getting a little better each day is all about. It's all you about and I are both you know. big John Maxwell fans, and he talks about the law of the lid, and you talk about that in that chapter. How can leaders become lids for both players, coaches, and the teams that we lead, even in the work environment? How do leaders, in, in, in your vantage point as you've lived out this leadership journey, how can leaders become lids for those people around them? Well, they can become a lid positively or negatively. Mm, that's good. And, and, and a positive leader, positive leader, can, it will raise the lid for the people around them by raising their own lid about the same thing I'm talking with you about, yeah. that they continue to grow. They continue to uh, increase their uh, abilities, mental, physical, spiritual. And as they do that, as your lid goes up, uh, and, and I try to give an illustration in this in the book, and John Maxwell does it a lot better than I do. But, you know, you take this lid, and you're sitting right here, and everyone's underneath you because followers can't outgrow the leader. Right. But if your lid grows, then those people underneath you are going to grow along with you. But the negative side of that is if you say, take this lid and you lay it right in here and, and it's sitting there, if you don't grow, they can't either. Yep. And and one of two things happens. They they get stagnate. They'll, they'll, their morale will go down. And, and I see this. I, if you do this long enough, you're going to see it. And then the second thing, you could lose that or they're going to leave you. They're going to go looking for another position somewhere, somewhere where they can grow and fulfill their potential. So it's it's kind of a two-way thing. If you grow, your people underneath you will grow. And I've seen this in, in business. I've seen it in ministry. I've seen it in education, superintendents, principals, teachers. People get to a certain age and they kind of start leveling off. Well, they don't just level off. You're either climbing or you're rolling backwards. In That's line. exactly so right. So you can't you can't sit still, and and if you can't you can't just fade out. If you do, you're going to slide out and you're going to slide down. And I really believe you got to keep pushing the envelope as long as you're actively in, in this world. You might retire from a job, but you never really retire from life. You never retire from life, and we need to be out there doing what we can do to make a difference in people's lives. 
you do such a great job in one of the chapters, Coach. And I, so we've we've talked about vision. We've talked about doing the little things every day. But you talk about character, and, and you make a statement: vision without character will leave you stuck on the side of the mountain. Character doesn't matter till it matters, and when it matters, it matters a lot. Why is character and integrity the foundation? for a leader as they take a team or a, or a company up that mountain? Well, I think at some point you're going to be faced with situations and having something to base your decisions on. And that's your character. That's your foundation. That's your integrity, integrity. That's kind of who you are. And you, you may, you don't always make the right decision doesn't mean you have bad character, mm. but but it, at least you're giving it the best thought. You're trying to do the right thing. And I'd be the first to say I made thousands of mistakes. I, I, I don't think they were intentional, but I, I probably made quite a few mistakes. But I've learned over the years that try to encompass that with who you are, who you are uh, spiritually, morally as a person, and many times when I'm faced with a decision, I've learned, and I'll tell young coaches this, don't feel like you're on an island. Don't feel like you need to do it on your own. Uh, if you've got a mentor, I strongly suggest if you don't find one, find someone that you can talk with, someone older, wiser, smarter than you, and someone that doesn't mind stepping on your toes. You need people like that in your life. And as you get older, it may be more difficult to find them, mm. but I still have those people in my life. Because I, I'd say, hey, I've got a situation. What, what, what's your thoughts on this? And great mentors don't tell you what to do, but they'll they'll guide you in the right direction where it will help you make better decisions. And I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made, probably in in my career, uh, early especially, was I didn't make that call. I, I, I had mentors, but I thought being the head coach, I had to make that decision on my own, and I didn't include anybody else. Now, well, I may ask 10 people. You know, mm -hmm. I ask my coaching staff. I'll make a couple of calls. I say, man, I, I got to get this right, and I don't feel that pressure of I got to be the man, so to speak. I can just um, go ahead and ask people with that. And and the character and your integrity comes in, and you need to hear from other people sometimes and make sure you're doing the right thing. I think the other thing sometimes we get into is we get influenced by our superiors, mm. and I've had that happen to me a couple of times too, of uh, where you know I wasn't sure if that was the right thing to do, and yet my bosses said it was, and I said I may have gone along with it, and and I've come back and I'd say, huh, I don't know if that was right or not. And I think as you get older, you get a little stronger. And, and I say something to the effect, there's a quote uh, that characters made in the small moments of life, right. sometimes through mistakes and sometimes not. But you keep developing that. And the older you get, the stronger you get, uh, the better uh, foundation you have with your morals, your values, and the things that you need to be able to make the proper decisions and live your life, you know, the way it should be lived. But I think the biggest thing with character is that you, you have to have something to base it on. You know, where, where's it going to come from? Where do your values come from? Or do they come from your parents? Uh, do they come from uh, somebody you watch on a podcast? You know, wh where do you, where do you base those from? And I've been, I was very fortunate as a young person to have two Christian parents. 
You know, as they say, they drug me to church every Sunday. They made sure I was there, even when I didn't want to be. And and when I got older, at a certain point in time, young in college, I uh, kind of faded away. I said, I'm old enough. I don't want to go anymore. But they they say train up a child in the way he should go. And it did take me long to get back in there and know that that was where I needed to be. And then it was on my own terms, not necessarily the parents' terms. So I encourage parents and coaches to, um, I don't know if the word force is the right word or not, but influence young people to find a place where they can find values that don't change. Our society allows values to uh, go with whatever the flow is. You know, today's values, well, they're good today, but tomorrow they may change. But I found that the values in the Bible are pretty rock solid. And you can build your character upon that. And it may not cover every single situation, but it gives you some pretty good guidelines. As I said, you know, I'm not perfect. I've made plenty of mistakes along the way and uh, things like that. But I think the one thing I've tried to do is follow some value-based principles. And they have been from a faith-based background. You made a quote in that chapter. I, it was really good. And you talked about characters and inner toughness, a resilience that allows you to fight back. And you talked about Joseph from Scripture. I don't know if anybody hit more dead ends, hurdles, knocked down, forgotten than poor old Joseph. What is it about Joseph's life that motivates you to be what he was in spite of the circumstances he had to walk through? Well, there's two things that really stand out about Joseph to me. And one of those is when he was a youngster, I I think he's like a lot of us. He made some mistakes. I think he may have had a little attitude about him, maybe a little arrogant, came across wrong to people. And uh, that probably is what got him into some trouble to, to begin with. But that's also a good message for us that, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And boy, he finished good. He sure did. And he had every reason in the world uh, to be angry at his brothers at the end, all those things that happened to him along the way, being thrown in prison and being accused wrongly, even when he was doing the right thing. But but he his faith, he stayed in he stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he did he didn't leave the game just because things were going against him. He didn't turn against God. He didn't quit climbing that mountain. He didn't give up as he was going through his life. And I think those are the things that really have always intrigued me about Joseph with all the things. You know, there's a lot of a lot of space between the verses. Yeah. Years that's right. that went through that's there. Right. You know, you can tell the story pretty quick. You can read it probably in five minutes. But those were years that went by where he was in prison, years where he was kind of enslaved before he got into Potiphar's uh, house and so forth. And yet he he persisted. He had great determination. Mm. He had great faith. And I think those three things can take you a long way in life uh, when things aren't going your way. You talk about one of the traits in this climb of the mountain is leadership. If I were to to stop you on the mountain, we've got that group of coaches and leaders around us, and I say, okay, coach, what does a great leader look like to you? Take out what role it is. They may have a hat on on a sideline. They may be 
a, a tie on in the office or a pastor of a church. What is a great leader to you? What would you say? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Great question. A great leader, I think, is someone that has the ability to inspire others to accomplish things they never thought possible. Maybe to do things they never dreamed. They influence others to to go above and beyond. And they do it in their own way. Everybody's a little bit different. You know, some people are up front, they're flashy, they've got all that charisma. Other people do it very quietly. But it's not about your personality, it's about your influence. And and John Maxwell, as you know, says uh, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And and it's so true. Great leaders influence others to do things that they never believed they could do. That's what that's what leadership is. Uh, it's we we get so caught up in leadership as being a person that stands up in front of a room and gives speeches or is the boss or. You know, is always in charge. Uh, that's totally er- wrong. Uh, leaders are people that influence, mm-hmm. and you do that in so many ways. And yeah, sure, you occasionally have to give up and get up and give a talk or something like that. But uh, you get people to do things for you because they want you to. I had a principal, uh, Frank Welch, um, when I first came to Belfry. I've never met anyone like him since then or before then, but he had a way of getting you to do things that you you didn't necessarily want to do. You go in ready to say no. And when you walked out, whatever you want, Mr. Welch, if you want me to run through that wall, I'll do it. I'll run to the top of the hill. He was that kind of guy. And he always had this great persona about him. He was friendly. uh, And he always made you feel good about yourself. You know, one of those guys that went around always tearing people down, he he was a builder. He built people up, and he had great relationship skills. He really had good people skills. And I'll back up to your vision question. He was a visionary, too. Now, he thought above and beyond. He had big pictures of things. But I've uh, But anyone that was around him knew that same thing. They said he was one of a kind. Parents would go in so upset about some event, something going on with their kid, and they'd be walking out, big smiles on their faces and hugging him. And, you know, he was just that kind of guy. Yeah. He could just handle about any situation and let it roll off his back, too. He didn't worry about a whole lot, you know. But I, I think that's what leaders do. They influence others, and uh, they, they solve problems. They do all those things. But the big thing is they influence and they motivate. You have so many great chapters in the book, Coach. You talk about failure to success, passions, what gets you going, purpose keeps you going. But I got a final question for you. And this book is so good. We're going to have links in the show notes for everybody to order a copy. Coaches, leaders, you need to order copies for your office. This is a this is a must read for anybody that is in athletics, any anybody in leadership. If I were to interview these generations of young men that have climbed this mountain with you, they've had belfry on their chest, they've worn their letter jackets, some have won championships, some haven't. Some have have celebrated from the stands, some have celebrated from the sidelines, but they've all climbed a mountain with you. What do you want them to say 
about the journey up the mountain with Coach Haywood, looking back on it, what do you want them to say about that journey? I would hope that they would say that they learned lessons that they could carry over into their life, and it started making sense to them. And that's the response that I get from most of them when they come back and talk to me. You know, after spending that time with Coach Haywood, there is no doubt why these young men play so hard for him, why he's turned out so many other coaches. He gets it. He understands it. He understands that everything in life is a process. You just don't end up there. You have to climb every time. There's a reason he's Kentucky's winningest high school football coach, an eight-time state championship. But I'm going to tell you something about Coach Haywood. He's a more remarkable man than he is just a coach. Mm, That was good, good stuff. Thank you, Coach Haywood, for joining us. Our next episode, we get to sit down with a gentleman that has spent a lot of years in the front office of Major League Baseball. He has spent time leading leaders. His name is Kyle Stark, and I think you are really going to enjoy his episode. Well, I don't know where you've listened from today, but I'm so thankful that you did. I hope that these are adding value to you as you are leading and striving to be the person that God created you to be. Now, as we get ready to go today, I want you to remember a couple things. Lock eyes with Jesus every day. Love God, love people, and let's live sent. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.